You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts, Dion and Quinny, and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. I can hear you being quiet, Mom. I, um, hope I didn't ice your game, man. No one my age says those words in that order. It's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Yeah. For years, I've been taking care of this little boy. Making sure he is loved. That he feels like he belongs wherever he wants to be. He wants to go out into the world and do great big things. Not bad, kid. And what I worry about most... I love you, Miles. Is they won't look out for you like us. Miles! Want to get out of here? Wherever you go from here, you have to promise to take care of that little boy for me. Make sure he never forgets where he came from. And he never doubts that he is loved. And he never lets anyone tell him that he doesn't belong there. What's up, Danger? <laughs> Welcome to the periodic table of awesome. I'm very excited. Uh, Danger, Dion, uh, how are you? Sorry? What's up, Danger? <laughs> sure. I want to be Spider Dion from the realms of uh, what quasi-multiverse we ever we might be feel like we're in now. Hello, yes. I am fine. <laughs> You, are and you conflicted? Fine? Yeah, I know. It's all over the shop. I don't know where I am at the moment. Hello. And, oh my. Who, who's this? Who's what? that down there? What's I've up? come back from the other universe that I disappeared to for quite some time there. Um, just to be our lovable voice of dissent for this particular episode. <laughs> oh, just, just, a, just wearing that one right there. <laughs> yeah, putting, like, a, oh, putting a pin on your shoulder just and saying, here we go, motherfuckers. Yeah, well. <laughs> know we'll, we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes Hello, Rick. How are but you, you know when, when spider-man is on the cards yes yeah. i mean if there's Face. someone to talk like it's, it's just, just true we should have realized that <laughs> i mean was it was at this point where we were like hang on we're talking about spider-man and becca was like yes i'm coming straight back in and then it's like it's not tom holland she's like damn it too late to pull damn it up. fucking this, this <laughs> bullshit this is <laughs> not I what i signed up for Jeez. which universe is this <laughs> 42 Oh, oh, the the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Also, a bit of a problem. But yeah. we'll get into that. We what? will. There's a, there's a lot to cover in. Oh my god, there's a lot to cover in this. <laughs> oh dear. But first of all, the first people we should cover is everyone in the chat. Hello, everyone in the chat. Look at you yeah, all there. You all seem very excited about what we're going to talk about today. And yes, unfortunately, we are we are not joined by uh, Peter and Jill this time because they're busy. They're doing, in another universe. Doing another, yeah, they're doing another universe. Uh, they're these, doing another universe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're very busy. It Holy contains shit. it contains multitude, and they do as well. So, uh, <laughs> uh, would you like, like to move on? I feel like I've fallen. I, know in, I would. I feel like I've fallen into the wrong multiverse, and uh, and now I can't get out. Help! Congratulations, you've now created your own canon event. Um, Great. And that one's going to stick. That one's not going anywhere, Fucking buddy. Fucking great. 
Excellent. Uh, dear. So we are, of course, talking about spider people, all of the spider people. In fact, 250 something plus spider cre creations, cre cre creatures. <laughs> Entities. Yes, spider. Yeah, spider entities. Um, with entities. Arachnoidal <laughs> um, homunculi. I don't fucking know. Um, Look, it's got everything. It's got a spider of every different uh, size, shape, creed, color thing. Even a jeep flavored spider. My, dune buggy. The always dune buggy my favorite is Dune Buggy Spider Man because I love that fucking thing. It was in the first movie, and I was like, "Yes, yes, Spider Buggy is the dumbest shit ever." Yeah, and we and have, have we have yes, we've gone into multiverse of madness. This is terrible. We need to pull out and and get back on track. What are we doing today, Quinny? We're we're talking. We're not going into the Spider Verse this time. We are skipping across the Spider Verse uh, with the new Spider Man animated film from Sony Pictures, which I'm very excited about because, as anyone who knows me or has ever met me or has ever seen anything I've ever done on a computer, the numbers two zero nine nine are very important to me. Um, I yes. just off screen. There are multiple versions of Spider Man. Can you put your hand it's on in your handle, your tag on yeah. your background? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, in case yeah. you hadn't noticed, it's a big thing to me. Right. So, so what is it? Is it Ghost Rider twenty ninety nine? Is very important to you. Is that what you're saying? Yes, to me? absolutely. He is. He's, is the twenty ninety nine verse important to you? Dude. So nineteen ninety two. I walked into a comic book shop and I was like. I'd read a couple of Spider-Man comics at the time, um, like that I just picked up in in a, a news agent, and I walked into my first actual no fucking around comic book shop, and I was talking to the guy who ran it. And I was like, I kind of want, I want to start a new comic, and I, and I want to know what what's good. And he's like, Well, there's this new one that's just coming out, and it's, this is the first issue. This is the first like number one, and there's meant to be a whole bunch of them. And I was like. Sweet. What, what's it? He's like, it's called Spider Man 2099. I'm like, what's, what's the 2099 for? It's like, that's the year. I was like, right. <laughs> and was this before or after you discovered your love of cyberpunk, Quinny? Uh, ooh. <laughs> it's very, very similar time because I was probably playing cyberpunk with my friends at that time. So, yeah. a Spider Man from the future? Exactly, Cyber Spider-Man that does spider things. Wow, yeah, funnily enough, my question is, was he dark and gritty? Um, <laughs> yes and no. Was the 2099 verse dark and gritty? Not particularly dark and gritty. It was just very futuristic-y, cyberpunky. So, right. like, the first one was Spider-Man, and then a couple of issues later, they came out with Ravage, which was like a shit Wolverine. Um, and then a couple of issues later, they came out with Doom 2099, who was like Dr. Noob, but they tried to turn him into a good guy. And then a little while later, there was X-Men 2099, and every single first issue had a foil cover because it was the 90s. We're losing uh, Beck here. Her interest is yeah, waning. No, uh, no, no. Intentionally. No, I'm, I, my interest is not waning. I'm just glad that I'm here to represent the people who have not read every comic ever written about a spider being. Um, it's no secret that I absolutely love Spider-Man um, and all associated um, works. Helmstever. <laughs> my collection of spider comics is much smaller 
um, and my knowledge of the Spider-Verse as a whole is much more limited to what I would assume um, many people who are just entering the Marvel world from the MCU um, are also kind of in alignment with my knowledge. Yeah. I maybe know a little bit more, but not much more. Um, and so I think that a lot of my understanding of this movie will be in alignment with a lot of other people's from that yeah. slightly yes. less nerdy space. I was learning to walk when you walked into yeah, that. Yeah, no, movie. I know. I did. So. And, and, and sorry, that, that whole 2099 rant thing is literally just me giving backstory as to why I'm so excited for this film, because this is the first time that we've ever seen that character on, on screen like this, like Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. It's, it's that thing because it also ended after about mm, four years. Like, it, it didn't go that long, um, and it ended pretty fucking badly. <laughs> like, there, there was essentially a writer's strike for the comics, and every single creative team said, fuck you, Marvel, we're out, and walked off all of the books. So they brought some other writers in, and they did four big issues of shit and wrapped it all up and just, like, put that away. Never, never well, thank God we don't have those sort of problems anymore. I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, we all have an immense amount of respect for our creatives and yeah. would never treat them poorly no, no, or no, no, no. Uh, belittle their worth. Good news yeah. is good, good news is that uh, every single spider character on this film across the Spider Verse is instantly recognizable, and you don't need to know anything about any of their backstories to get exactly who they are. And there is there's just there is not too many of them, so you're not there confused about what no. the fuck are all of these spider people and who are they? No, well, no. Here's the interesting thing: is that I can tell that this movie is a love letter. Um, to the Spider-Verse and all of these characters and references that are just piled one on top of the other um, to the point where I think you could be the biggest nerd, and I say that with all love, Hello. the biggest nerd in the world and still miss references and have to go back and watch this movie 10 times over to get even the, the tip of the iceberg on them. Yes. But mm, yeah. I feel like they've done it in a way that is still accessible to people who do not have that background knowledge. Um, you can just see a universe where there are lots of different versions of a spider person and that can be all you're getting and, and still be fine. And sometimes it's just fun. It's like, yeah, there's a spider T-Rex. I don't know who the fuck spider Rex is. I've never read a single comic with it. It's funny. Well, what is spider cat. He's, cool. Sweet. He's, he's very can canonical. Like, Absolutely. I, I have many adventures I remember from childhood of Spider-Rex. Spider-Guy on Spider-Horse. I don't know anything about that. It's just funny. <laughs> and that's it's, that's kind of what I like. I have a whole theory about all this, which I can hold for a bit later. But first, what, what do we need to do? We need to have some sort of synopsis, because most people are going to know about what this sort of thing is. Um, and should you also discuss that this is the sequel to the previously... Yes mentioned spider film which is not the spider films of real life action adventure but kind of the spider films of action adventure it's a well, it's all now i don't know it's, it's there's a lot there i i can't explain how this fits into canon but it does but it doesn't <laughs> but it does but it doesn't everything's canon now buddy 
Everything Welcome to comics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. So yes, as the sequel to Into the Spider Verse, which yes. was the ridiculously successful animated film from 2018, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to. Yes, thank you. Um, sh- do Do you have musical accompaniment? Of um, course, I have musical accompaniment. I have um, the greatest thing in, that we always have. Spider-Man, Reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is... Sorry, I should do it as... Uh, what's his name? J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yeah, sure. I need pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse, where he encounters a team of Spider-People charged with protecting its very existence. However, when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other Spider-People. He must soon redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the, pe- save the people he loves the most. I need photos of Spider-Man, now! Yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know. He's a if menace. Anyone managed to, yeah, he's a menace, and if you could work out what the fuck I was saying, well yeah. done to you. Um, yes. Miles Morales is back. There's a whole bunch of Spider-People. It's multiple universes. Yep. And have Now, first, let's give some of this as a boundary. Shall we do this spoilery-free sort of thing and then we'll go into spoilers later? I think it, it's maybe worth it because people haven't really yeah. seen it. It's only been out for a little while. Yep. So we'll keep try and keep this let's... first half... Well, the next 15 minutes are going to be spoiler-free and then we're going to go to a clip and then we're going to come back and then we're going to spoil the fuck out of it because I have issues and some questions <laughs> and some yeah. feelings and yeah. then a few tears. Yeah. Uh, so... Okay. Happy to do I'm, that. I'm looking forward to it because I, I know that I, I came out of it with very diff, well very interesting opinions um, <laughs> and already we've had brief discussions and I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting, which mm. I'm very excited about. Yes. Okay. So, uh, mm. yeah, we pick up essentially right where the first uh, Into the Spider-Verse uh, ended. No, we don't. No, we don't. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh, hang on, no, because we're actually picking <laughs> Miles up has actually, we? yeah, so Miles has grown a fair bit. He's had a growth spurt, and you can really tell that in his physique. He has become a young man instead of a small teenager. Um, yes. So it's been a little while. However, however, <laughs> the very last shot of Into the Spider-Verse was him lying on the bed and Gwen going, hey, Miles, do you want to do something? So it is quite literally the very end of the first film. Incorrect. See, that was actually a dream that we have already... <laughs> everything you're um, going to Actually, say... I think you'll find. <laughs> well, actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you had really done the research, you would know that that was actually a dream sequence where Miles yeah, well, had decided yes. that he wanted to see Gwen again. This is true. Well, that was at Actually, the time. That was at the time the filmmakers didn't know whether or not they were going to get a sequel or whether or not it would be successful, and they just kind of threw that one in there and they hadn't thought about it. And then when they did get their sequel, they were like, "Shit, how do we retcon this without doing that?" Quick, more color and movement. Well, that's an interesting point, actually, because mm. I went into this movie. I have started doing this thing where I purposefully avoid all spoilers, all talk about movies, all trailers. context around them, all trailers, didn't see a single trailer um, before I go into the movie. And so when I went into this movie, I went into it with just the knowledge that I absolutely loved Into the Spider-Verse. I thought that it was one of the best movies, um, definitely of that year, probably the best movie of that year of 2019. Um, but probably of the decade and I went in to this one therefore with very high hopes mm. um 
I also went in without the context that this is meant to be the second in a trilogy. Yeah, see, this is a thing that I think a lot of people are fucked over on, is that they they announced that, but it wasn't widely announced. Yeah, um, so this is what does that actually fall within the spoiler category or not? Well, yeah, no. I mean, just checking, just checking. You it can it is a trilogy. That. It's a part of a, tr a trilogy, and they have announced that there are three films. So, yeah, people's reaction to it may be a spoiler, but yes. Sure, sure, good to know. Mm. So, yeah, after that first film, like, as you say, it really was kind of the high watermark for that year, possibly that decade, as you say. And for <laughs> me, I'd have to say it's one of the, if not the best animated films I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of fucking animated films. The difficulty is that coming off the back of such an incredible movie, it's hard to meet that watermark. It's hard to maintain that momentum moving forward because not only have you um, set a new expectation, you now have to meet or exceed that in order to carry that on what you've already set up. And I think that they shot themselves in a the foot a little bit by doing that, by being so incredible the first time around. Um, yeah, <laughs> not that if I'm you, complaining. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you've set yourself a high bar, it's really fucking hard to get over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't I mean... just be crap because then you can be be better later on. But also, <laughs> you know, this is this, you've made it difficult for yourself here. Yeah. yeah. Whereas well, I and I, I agree. I think they did set themselves an incredibly high bar. But from my perspective, I actually think they. I I think what they did for my taste was meet it and in many ways exceed it. But one of the, yeah, and, and I that's, <laughs> and this is where I know we're going to disagree. But for me, I'm a fucking, I'm a lover of visual storytelling, like plot and everything is great. But what this film did in terms of the ability to tell a story with visual style was the thing that I really got invested in. So the moment that, like, we, you know, we start the film with a whole bunch of stuff with uh, Gwen in her universe. And then when another universe intersects, the, the clash of visual styles really got me. And I was like, oh, shit, this is different and exciting and weird. And I love that. That really got me amped. And so every time they introduce a new visual style, I'm like, more, good, yay, cool. So, yeah. Look, I agree that visually this is an absolutely stunning movie. And I feel like maybe if I was the sort of person who had a lot more background knowledge going into this, I would have been able to focus more on the story itself. But there is a lot that is thrown at you over a very long period of time um, that ends up feeling like this story could have been told in half the time. Um, there's a lot of beautiful bright colours. There's a lot of incredible art styles being um, tossed left, right and centre, and I appreciate that. Um, but I think that there are a lot of elements, including that opening sequence of Gwen um, and what she's been up to and, and a bit of her backstory that I feel like could have been told in 10 minutes when it ended up being told in 20. And as much as I want to give this film every single chance and, and kudos and everything like that, I agree. Um, I think there were a few times that the film did, it had a little of the Peter Jackson about it. 
not not so much get to the fucking monkey, but somebody needed to tell somebody no. Um, that's a beautiful sequence. Okay, now let's cut it in half. That's a really lovely interaction between these characters. Maybe trim it a bit, you know. Let's let's just brevity is the soul of wit, motherfuckers. Um, Dion, your eyes went all small. <laughs> Yes, judgment eye. Hmm, I'm not <laughs> sure about all of this. No, one of the things I, I, I got to say about it is it's very long. And mm. with the way that they paced the, the story and they did all the stuff in there, it's really one of those movies I sat there and in the end I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I I was, by the end of it, I was like, God damn it, that was, that was a waste of movie um, because it was so long. And it contained so much uh, that is bloated. Like it is it is it bad bloat? Not necessarily, because I still had a really I had a great time watching it. I had a whole lot of stuff in there, but I thought it just had too much of everything. So that's kind of where I sort of sat with it, going, "Oh my god, this has gone for hours, hours." But also, like by the end, I'm like, "You, you, you it's the same problem as Dune. Like you get to yeah. the end and you're like, and." Like, yeah. I know that you've got another thing to fill out, but by the end of it, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, you spent a lot of time chasing your own tail earlier. You didn't have to. We know we're with that. You're so fleshing I've out had, all the other characters. Yeah, I had this conversation um, after seeing the movie where I feel like we have in the past had trilogies and uh, series of movies that all link together, but they encapsulate one whole story within each individual movie. Film. And yeah. this movie doesn't do that. We do no. not, we get to the climax and then you get blue balls. That's mm. what we end up with. Um, and it, it's not because this is a short movie. This is a very long movie with a lot of exposition at the start, like a lot of exposition at the start. Building up characters, yes, Gwen we need to know more about because we didn't get much about her backstory in the start, the first movie. But in this movie, we get like an hour of Miles being like, I don't know how to juggle being a kid and also a superhero. And like, we have heard that so many fucking times. We're there, we know, we get that. We don't need to hear it for another hour. Yeah, I look. <clears throat> I will. I will defend the film because I love it, and I had a fucking ball with every moment of it. But I am also aware of the fact that yeah, it took its time, and I think usually when it was taking it was time. It's time. It was trying to build up characters. Um, so you know, spending time with his family, spending time with his dad, especially in an effort to try and give us understanding of, you know, what was at stake, why you would care that he may be imperiled. Um, I think that is, you know, that kind of stuff, but agreed. <laughs> there were a, a few times I was like, yeah, I would have probably I been a little bit more judicious that, with the uh, A storyteller can rely on the fact that we can, as audiences, understand a relationship without having to have every second of it spelled out to us we can understand that a son will care about his dad mm. without having to be shown every single reason why he might care for his dad yeah yeah it uh, i guess this is the problem isn't it the films these days there is a, a 
a thing now of bloat films, you know, films are becoming bloatware that every film has to now be two and a bit hours. You know, that's just a standard. Whether it needs it or not, you're going to have over two hours of film. And this is definitely one of those ones where I was like, because I, I always had it in the back of my head that it was the first part of a story. And I was kind of like, hmm, this is very long for a first half. And even though I'm loving every fucking minute of it, and every time there's a visual that makes me go, ooh, that's incredible, or, you know, th there's a character that I'm like, oh, that's amazing to see. Or for me, a lot of the times it was, it was the shifts in animation style that really just kept me going, ooh, that's fucking incredible. Um, I was also aware of the fact that it's like, this probably could have been under two hours. It like, took long enough that the child sitting behind us in the theatre managed to spill not only a whole packet of Skittles, but also a whole packet of M&Ms. Like both packets were spilt in the time this movie took. Yeah. And you know what, but you know, lovingly didn't cry. Like I would have cried. Oh, that's good. As an adult, I would have been like, oh no, my Skittles. <laughs> oh, At no, the end, man. I went to and seriously considered picking up all the Skittles. <laughs> For yourself or the child? No, for me. Oh my okay. god! <laughs> Why do you even have to ask that? I don't know. <laughs> Those skittles became common property as soon as they hit the ground, Quinny. You do not give them do back you want to children, them, though. That's the hey? question. Um, well, Quinny, ask yourself. That uh, why you wouldn't want them. Anyway, skittles are. <laughs> oh, we're still on the skittles. <laughs> I thought there was some actual important <laughs> contribution no. being made. But Definitely it's the skittles. Not. Um, I think it's important to note, though, that we've made reference to Peter Jackson here and the infamous Hobbit bloat that happened. I was talking about King Kong. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. that too. Get to but the fucking monkey. The the infamous Hobbit bloat, I think, is one that comes up quite frequently. Mm. And I will say that there are issues that align themselves with that whole situation, mm. but. It was still a far more enjoyable movie than any one of the Hobbit films. Thank you. I'm so fucking glad you said that. Good. You know why? Because the first, like, if this is a trilogy, like the Hobbit films were just bad from start to finish. And at least in this one, Across the Spider Verse was uh, like not like you know Into the Spider Verse was wonderful. Across the Spider Verse yeah. is a difficult middle child, and hopefully they stick the landing on the third one. What is it? Through the Spider Verse. Beyond the Spider Verse. Under the Spider Through yeah. Over and to under. me, it's just sad that we're now in a a world where you have to have not just um, prior knowledge of a movie before going into it, but also be expected to wait another four and a half years, maybe. Although it's they're saying year. it'll come out next year, but you know, yeah. it's been four and a half years since the first movie before we get the payoff that we've waited for. Instead of just being able to go into a theater, enjoy a movie. Maybe there's a sequel. Maybe there was a prequel to this, but mm -hmm. you just enjoy the movie, and just, you yeah. can't do that with this film. In, uh, yeah. yeah, in in this world, like I mean, f fair enough. You do have to do the watching on some things because you can't have yet another fucking origin story. Even though they still yeah. manage to cram in a lot of origin stories, seven or twenty yes. or a hundred. But it's also two hundred and fifty, like, an infinite number. The, the second one is twenty three minutes longer than the first one. So this is still a bit of a problem. Like, I mean, unless they come out with the last one and go, it's 20 minutes. 
Yeah, we've done everything we need to. We did all the exposition. It's 20 minutes. We just have an action scene from start to finish and then you'd be like, okay, fine. Um, But it did feel like this one was very, like, it felt like putting them all together would make a good TV series. But it doesn't work because visually, as you said, this is a visual medium. Like, these films are visually purposeful and then well structured in the way they're written to make it work mm-hmm. you know it's not just relying on the visuals because we've all seen plenty of movies that are just like that's gorgeous is it any good it's gorgeous yeah and i agree with you Beck. i think the the one of the big problems is that it does leave you with a, a distinct sense of well that was like june like that was only half a film and the, like the reason that the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, not the Hobbit trilogy, um, the Lord of the Rings works so well is because each film is structured to be a standalone film. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, but then says, and now the road goes ever onwards. Um, whereas the first one has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's beautiful. This one has a very long beginning, a very long middle. And then absolutely no end. And- yeah. Like, so sorry it, to spoil it. Like, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it, I think it, it's important to note that this is a trope that works well in comic books, and that's obviously where the origin of these stories comes from: is comic books, where you will have a new issue the next week, so they can leave you on a cliffhanger, knowing that you only have to wait a week to get the payoff and what happens at the end of this story. It mm. works well in TV shows. Like you mentioned, Dion, this would work well as a TV show because you, I mean, if you're watching Netflix, you can go and watch the next episode now. Or if you're watching traditional TV, you can go watch it in the next week. But with a movie, it doesn't work quite as well. And I think that we have moved too close to the uh, comic version of a cliffhanger um, rather than what we saw with things like the Avengers Endgame and the other one, <laughs> uh, Infinity War. Infinity War. Where they were movies that had a whole story encapsulated within them, as you've said, a beginning, middle and end, but you were you knew that there was something terrible that happened at the end and you needed to go see the next one, but it wasn't like you got to the climax and nothing happened you just hmm. you're you're still on the edge of your seat, not a genuine cliffhanger. I mean, so, the last time that we saw anything—well, not the last time, but one of the only times I can think of that really did that—was Back to the Future Two, um, which left on a very genuine cliffhanger. Um, but also, but this is the thing: since ever since Back to the Future Two and Three, where you know we started filming films together where you could do a cliffhanger and know that you already had the next film prepared. It was going ahead. It was going to be a thing. Um, People that, you know, film studios have started doing this, but you still need to structure the film so that it works as a standalone. And and this one doesn't quite too. You got the ending and then they added on like almost like an after credit scene before the after credit scene trope existed of mm. we finished the story. Oh, now we fucked up. So come mm. see the next one. But also yeah. could well, just, actually that's true because he, he actually manages to do everything he needs to do in Back to the Future. I, I would also like to point out that Oils. the Back to the Future movies are about 100 minutes. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, can, like I'm happy to do that sort of thing when I've only invested just a you know an hour and a half maybe. Um, when I've this I'm was sorry, a lot can, of edging. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just Damn I'm you. sorry. I need to shout out to Predakanga who's waiting for the spinoff of Hobie and Shaw. <laughs> okay, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's a deep cut on the fucking Fast and the Fr- Furious franchise and, and this film, and I'm and very this film very impressed. Yeah, you you leave. What's his name? The the Ben, um, the clone spider, whatever. Ben Riley. Ben Riley. Yes. It's like I'm so dark and conflicted. Oh man, uh, there were there are some people who are super fucking angry about him. Yeah, he was always a piss take for fuck's sake. No, he he wasn't. But like, there are some people who are very very angry about the fact that Andy Samberg was just doing it as I'm dark and angry. Yeah. Okay, well, nerds. Yeah. Um, we've gotten to. Eight o'clock. Should we rate and then sure. enter Spoilerville? Yes. Yeah, why not? We, we, we thank you should. for ke- thank you for keeping us on time. Unlike our other usual co-hosts who never do any of that for us. Wow. <laughs> I'm just shit. ready for dinner, guys. Like. Yeah. They're just, also, they're not here to defend themselves. We don't know when we're yeah. going to see them next. <laughs> I mean, next week. She will be back next week. Oh yeah, on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Um. Sure, uh, can, I'll go first and give you guys some time to think about it. I know exactly formula. what my rating is, but go oh, okay, it. then fine. Um, I'm going to give it a uh, damn because I'm, I'm actually marks are going up because I had such a nice time looking at it because it is such a, a beautifully wonderful film mm. that it's so much fun to watch but it's and not interesting. An artwork you're putting on your wall, it's something you're being asked to dedicate two and a half hours to. Exactly, which is why it came it was okay. down, but then I'm putting it back up because of the artwork is beautiful. And I mean, I look at it and go, I would take frames out of this and put it on the wall as artwork because it is so beautiful. So, it's going back up to 80. I'm going to give it 80 out of, out of 100 ouch. because it was low work, Winnie, because I was so angry by the end of it. I was like, God damn it, that it was two and a half hours to get that as an ending. Bite me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's just full no, of no, no, good to know. Like I, I had a feeling that the, that this was gonna be the case. I knew I was gonna be an outlier. I wasn't quite you sure. Don't have to like, it was still good. 80's a good score. Have I come back to the periodic <laughs> table of awesome to discover that you've gone back to rating everything a ninety nine? No, no, no. I, I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had, a, I had a come to Beck moment there um, because, like, a, a few weeks ago, where I was like, I think I have to reassess my entire, uh, you know, rating system personally to be like sixty five is a very adequate score. Needs some work. Pay more attention. But in this one, I'm just sixty five is a, above a passing mark. Like, exactly, it's, it's definitely a passing. It's a grade. recommendation to go and watch it. Yeah, you would. No, def- it's not. Fuck that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, maybe your time is more valuable than everyone else's. No, but cooking. but but I like if if somebody <laughs> told me that they'd rated something sixty five dollars fixed sixty five dollars sixty five bucks. I don't have sixty five dollars in no. this economy. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. The interest <laughs> rates just went up again. I ain't got sixty five dollars. Yeah. You're using um, a two dollar yeah. word in a ten cent conversation, Quinny. Yeah. <laughs> um, if if I were to see somebody had rated a film sixty five, I would be like, I am not going to pay and watch that in the cinema. Um, like to me, that is barely above, you know, middling. It's. I don't think anyone pays to watch things in the cinema anymore, Quinny. To be honest, um, but if I saw do. a movie that was rated sixty five percent 
on Rotten Tomatoes and it was on Netflix and I didn't have anything else to do with my life, yeah, I'd be watching that. I wouldn't. No, no fucking way would I watch something as, as low as a 65. I would be struggling at, at a 70. Man, I watch shit that comes out of Rotten Tomatoes as 35, so I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. We watched the original D and D movie. None of us exactly. can throw stones in this glass house. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Quinny, just... did you want to rate? Um, yeah. Look, for for me, it's like originally my my rating was probably a ninety eight, um, because I fucking loved it. I honestly sat there enraptured. I. It's two points away from a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I sat there and I just loved watching artisans create their shit. Um, I like the sequences with the spot where, you know, he's getting darker and darker and turning into a completely different animated style. I was like, holy fuck. There is like, there's a, I mean, for a start, thousands of animators all over the world worked on this. And this was a movie that was about animation and I'm a massive animation fan you know like have been since day dot um so this is a movie that is is playing to my my tastes it is very heavy on character like so the the bits where it to me it felt like it was a little slow so I, I was originally going to say 80 98 I'm going to drop it down to a 95 just because I do think that yeah it's a little flabby like it's a bit overlong and whilst i didn't have a problem with the fact that it ends on a massive cliffhanger i did have a problem with the fact that the structure of the film didn't make it a, a satisfying ending where the cliffhanger was just to bring you back in it actually felt like oh hang on no we've 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 really we've overduced this so structurally, I think it, it's just a little bit off in that sense. 240 so, spider characters. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it and is And still I left unsatisfied. <laughs> so. <laughs> Rebecca, what is your number? I feel like I, I walked into this expecting to be the outlier here, um, to be perfectly honest, and I'm kind of surprised to find that my number is very much in line with Dion's. Um, I'm sitting at about a 74 for this. That is um, it's not a bad fair. movie, but I walked out of the first movie singing praises to literally everyone that I met. I, I didn't care who you were, what your background, um, what your affinity for comic books was. That was a great movie for you to go and watch. I mm. can't say the same thing about this. Um, I, I would just... not, I'd not go up to um, someone I met on the street and say, hey, I don't care who you are or what you know about Spider-Man. You should go watch this movie. Um, like I could with the first one. Uh, also, if this were a sexual encounter, I was very disappointed and would not see that person again. <gasps> Kill Damage. Um, that's that's entirely fair. So 74 from you. Like yes. I, I have, I have gone out and told people, holy <laughs> shit, you should see it. But every time I've done it, I have done it with a be prepared, it's long. 
Um, Have you done right. it also to people who you know are already people who are familiar with the Spider-Man universe? Uh, I've done it to people like who I work with, like Miguel and various others who are not. Did you n- say nerds? it to Miguel because his name is Miguel? No. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Miguel, you um, need to see this movie. Yeah, Miguel, you have to go and see this movie because you're in it. Yeah. You're kind of a bad guy. And that's the well, other thing a bad I do want to. Uh, I, th- that is the actually, you know, fuck it. I'm dropping my rating down even <gasps> slightly less. It's down to 93. 93. Actually, no, fuck it. 92. 92. Because that's when it came out. Ah. Um, I oh. feel like I've come back and ruined everyone's no, no, fun, no. which is a great success. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Great success. <laughs> I haven't said the word problematic. That is one thing that I can say about this movie. I did not find anything problematic about no. it. It was beautifully woke. Um, to the point where I have seen people claiming that uh, Gwen is actually trans. Um, she has a, um, t- yeah, they, they were saying. Please, her- we need to stop with this whole, you know, they yeah. don't have childbearing hips and therefore they must be trans. That's not how bodies work. That um, wasn't the whole thing. They're saying that the, her <laughs> entire story is a trans allegory and that uh her color scheme is also entirely the trans flag. So they I'm went... very happy for it to be a trans allegory. I think that mm. it takes away from genuine trans stories, though, to assume someone's identity sometimes, based on. Sometimes in 80s. She does have a poster in her room saying trans kids' some, lives matter or whatever it is. I can't remember some, what the phrase Sometimes was. in egg Well, is, they do. Sometimes they do. An, an egg is just an egg and, like, that's fine. It can. Yeah. And wait, I imagine if we someone tells ask Jason Latour, he'd probably say no. I just imagine that you'd just be there going, like, he'd say, no, well, I didn't do it that way, but anyway, someone could, but sure, whatever. Like, mm. so, welcome to comics. The, the reason I'm rating it back down to 92, A, is because it was the year that the comic first came out and I loved it, but also they did my boy Miguel fucking dirty. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that, but we'll get into that into the spoiler section, Quinny. Come on, can't we? Like, sorry to, okay. to jump okay. you through. We, we let's, can. let's go have a look at some of the fun parts where uh, it's all about stopping uh, Spider-Man because for some reason Miles Morales is now the uh, the prime Rick in the Council of Ricks, uh, the problem one that they have to try to stop. So we'll watch uh, that and come back with spoilers. Stations, drop what you're doing and stop Spider-Man. You? Miles, Miles Morales, he's entering Sector 4! Do I, uh, have web on my face? What's the deal? Miles! Wait, he's right there, he's right here. Turn around! I don't see anything, boss. He died. You see, this is one of the It's a very enjoyable movie. And wait till I'm going to put the spoiler things up. Okay, spoiler, spoiler things up now. You okay, can't spo- get around it. Spoiler man. Um, spoiler, spoiler man. man. Says whatever they spoiler can. can. Um, I'm sorry, Beck. It's such a fun, <laughs> like, there's so much in there and there's so much fun that, that you can have along the, the way with it. So, this is what I say. The, the film's quite fun. And and great, and I'm really happy that they're like, yeah, let's just do everything. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah, they suffered from a not a lot of no people. 
Sometimes success can run away and you need a lot of no people to keep you around. Maybe that's something you could be. But then they, as long as they're, yeah, I don't know how to explain that. I can't fix a Hollywood system. I'm not even involved with it. Yeah. Yeah, look, it it does occasionally need somebody to say, okay, that's that's cool, but let's just, you know, maybe move it along a little bit or let's, we don't it suffered from a lack of editing. Yeah. It really did. It needed to say, I mean, we live in a world where stories are told in like a minute daily on TikTok. Mm. That is the attention span of almost everyone these days. Apart and if you were going binge TV shows that watch fucking 12 hours ago. Yeah, but we sit down to binge TV shows because we go I can commit to an hour. I can commit to 20 minutes and that's what we expect to get. And then if we decide after that that we're still invested and we're still interested and we want to continue the story, we have the option of doing that. But sitting down to a two and a half hour story that isn't complete is a completely different, you know, kettle of fish. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> yes. yes. So see, Tari's on my side, my, my way of thinking of just sitting there going pretty animation. Yay. Um, and you're allowed to so, do that. You're allowed to enjoy it. You can enjoy it. Do you know why? Cause it's a comic book medium. Yeah. You know, if there's except one thing I'd learn... live action medium, except yeah. when it's a CGI medium. Yeah, but I mean, like, if anyone was going to complain about lack of story and overlong plot lines and things going on forever without them actually re resolving correctly, comics is the great place to start. You know? Or Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah. And honestly, this felt a little bit Dragon Ball Z from time to time. There's a bit it of was... powering up. There was a lot of like powering up. There was a lot of rehashing stories that we'd already established and coming mm. back to have those conversations time and time and time again. Um, and it felt like I wanted to say, you are gorgeous. You're very good looking, but I cannot have the same conversation with you 20 times over and still pretend to be interested. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get you. So I just want to go back on mm. my my whole thing that I mentioned before about why I dropped a few points off. Um, yeah, they they did my boy Miguel O'Hara dirty. And um, why? Tell us. Unload. Let us be mm. your therapist, much like the spider therapist. Mm, mm, they needed a villain. They, by the looks of it, they were like, okay, we need somebody who is going to be the hard-ass or the villain or the antagonist because he's not even a villain he's an antagonist um of this story and eh, that ain't the character from the comics like M miguel is snarky he's probably not as funny as peter but he's certainly not a, a villain i mean he is more likely to let somebody die rather than save them but he still is it kind of like Batman. It's like, yeah, but I don't have to save you. That is exactly it. <laughs> like there's, there's an issue with the vulture where he's fighting the vulture and of 2099, of course. Right. And like vulture is the dick. And he's just at one point, he's like, ah, you're falling. Anyway, I'm going home. I'm tired. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, to be but rude. also his backstory is a little different. Like he, the reason he's, got all of these spider powers is because somebody tried to get him hooked on a drug that he then tried to genetically remove from his system 
and then somebody else decided to fuck with that genetic wipe and put in some spider DNA. So that sounds almost as complex as this film. Yeah. Question well, Quinny, can, can, can you answer something for me which confused the hell out of me because I don't know enough about Spider-Man 2099? Mm. Is Miguel O'Hara a uh, ninja vampire? <laughs> no. So, okay. okay. The, 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 he's, no. Right. He's just, he's a Spider-Man. He's a, he's a scientist. He's a fucking dork. But why has he got um, fangs and he's threatening to bite someone? This is because... the Spider-Verse. Everyone's a scientist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, No, his whole point of the fangs and everything is because he wasn't, like, it wasn't radioactive spider or anything. He literally got half spliced with spider DNA. So he has, before Spider-Man ever had spinnerets in his fucking wrists in the Tobey Maguire films, that was was Miguel. He literally has spinnerets in his arms and he has fangs because he injects poison. He's got spider DNA. Um, right. And the, the reason that he has claws is because spiders don't just stick to walls. They have little fucking claws that they climb up walls with. Good. So, Good to know. Maybe they could have explained that a bit more thoroughly, but sure. Yeah. At least I've got you to help me out there. Yeah. So anyway, like design-wise, really cool. But uh, yeah. There but we also didn't get there. any of that backstory. We spent no. so long on rehashing the same thing of the same character that we have already met and are already familiar with that we didn't actually get any introduction to these new characters beyond kind of saying, you know, from all these different universes have their own spider people and we've got to make sure that we hit all of the key points of everyone's story. Like that's, and, and you existing stuff up a key point in this universe's story and that's that's it that's the story i just told you the plot of this film in 10 seconds and it took two and a half hours yeah to get to to the point of going you were you weren't meant to be bit yeah exactly um, look you know in to to like lowball like lob one up really easily for beck for the that's problematic um (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to say, look, I've seen this story before in Rick and Morty. Yeah. I saw all, like, as soon as they went into the place where all the Spider-Men's are and then they're all talking about how they work together and that, I'm like, this is the Council of Ricks. Something's got to fuck something up here and someone has to be the person to stand there and do all that. And I'm like, I've kind of seen this I haven't watched Rick and Morty. It's not my no. thing. It's not my no, jam. But-, but I can still understand the concept without needing two and a half hours of story. Absolutely. Mm. And that was just kind of this thing where I'm like, I actually really like Miles Morales and I want to know more about him because he's cool. And then you get introduced to a bunch of the other ones. You're like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. And learning more about Gwen is amazing and finding some new new people were great. But in this one, by the end of it, I'm like, no one has really had any growth here. Um, And that was a little bit of a problem. Like I was kind of watching it going, no one really grew into anything. That's, I mean, you're right. Like structurally, the the whole point of these kind of stories is to see characters grow and change and learn, and nobody does an awful lot of that. No, well, um, they do it in kind of really strange ways around there. Like, and by the end of it, you sort of get to those like, that last scene where you're like, "And we're coming back for another movie after we get the gang back together because we're going to go and rescue this because of this villain who's the spot who was like kind of dorky and stupid at the start has now become someone who's." kind of powerful enough to take over everyone but also we haven't seen them do anything 
terrifying mm. yet. Casper has asked in the chat if we would still have these complaints if the next movie was coming out in a week. And I feel like they would be reduced, but two mm. and a half hours is still far too long <laughs> to spend setting up the next movie. Two and a half hours is two and a half hours movie of movie, man. I don't have enough to do this again for another couple of years, really. Because we're still yeah. going to dissect this one because it's so visually dense that we have to try and pick it apart. And I feel like that's not the what we want to do. Like, I don't want to spend the next... Yeah. Do, but that's, that's, that's just me. Yeah. But well, that's have... the thing. I feel like this is trying to cater to a multitude of audiences. This uh -huh. universe contains multitudes. And one of those audiences is people like Quinny who are quite happy to sit there and re-watch this movie 72 times over each time picking out a, another little piece of what you found, another layer um, that's important. And that's wonderful. I am all for mm. people enjoying it on that level. It's important to understand, though, that that is a minority of people who are going to be enjoying it on that level, who are going to come in with the same knowledge that um, people like that do and who are going to have the commitment to a story that people like that have. Lots of us just want to go in, be entertained, and then leave and go, that was an excellent movie. I might rewatch that in a month. Mm. I, look, I don't know that pre-knowledge is that important for this. Like, I, I really don't, like, I feel like, if anything, this is a film that doesn't assume pre-knowledge, which is why it spends so long doing its exposition. Um, like, because I was kind of like, I don't think there was anything that really made me go like, oh, shit, I need to know that. Who did we learn wrong. about, though, in any detail that wasn't Miles, who we've already met in the first movie, or Gwen, who we'd already met a little bit in the first movie and it was important to get some more context around, but I feel like we still got a lot more and not even actually a lot more, just a lot of time spent on the same pieces of context. Who else hmm. did we learn about? Um, I think we learned a little bit about Hobie and I fucking love Hobie and I'm a Hobie stan forever and a day. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, like we learned a bit about Miguel, but not enough. Um, <laughs> yes, I got his backstory. I think we, we did learn more about him in terms of he was, you know, Joe Schmo nobody who is now becoming something far more dangerous and weird. And Is it strange? You know. that, Cause I kind of wanted to feel more about that person's, well, that character's whole thing about why they were dangerous. But in the end I was watching it too going, Oh, this is a bit boring. Like I like the twist that they were like, Oh, you're just villain of the week. I'm not villain of the week. I'm going to be more. Um, but then by the end of it, I was like, Oh, he still doesn't like, there's nothing malevolent about him. Like it's just another Joker origin story. It's mm. the you made me who I am, and therefore I am going to destroy everything you love. I'll take away everything you took away from me. We've heard this over and over and over and over again, and I don't think you have to be deeply invested in the comics universe to be familiar with that trope. No, and that's what I mean. I feel like it doesn't require knowledge it doesn't like mm. i didn't feel like i was gonna you know people could walk into it and not i mean you probably should have watched the first film 
but I mean, there's a lot in there if you have watched the other films, like, and if you've watched all the other spider shit, yeah, there's heaps in there for you. There's there's fucking video games and comic books and movies and and everything going back until day dot for you if you like that if that's one of your things if you've ever engaged with anything spidery it's there somewhere but i don't know i don't feel like it necessarily said you have to know stuff like i do think that the marvel universe and things like that now have that need for assumed knowledge like that you have to have watched all these other films to get it like for it to actually make sense whereas this the storyline was as you say kind of yeah basic I think that something that put me off a bit about this movie is that there is so much in it that I feel like I know I'm missing a lot. It feels like one of those movies that's like, I'm being very clever right now and if you don't get it, then you're dumb. Um, and there's, I know there's a lot of references that I'm missing. I know there's a lot of characters that are there as Easter eggs for like super fans, which is fantastic. Um, it just feels a little bit like we've spent ha half an hour on this chase scene where Easter eggs are being thrown at you left, right and centre. And if you're not a person who's getting many of those Easter eggs, it's just a very long chase scene. Yeah. Although quite helpfully across most of this, they uh, at least verbally reminded you why this was an Easter egg, which I yeah. did think was quite funny. Visually with the, the, the yeah, little... Yeah. No, but like, but all, yeah, adding stuff up very quickly that even I was like, can we pause on that? What did that say? I want to know what that is. But like, I like that they just kept replicating this across all of the spider universes while we are watching it. So let's say it's two hours long. It was very, very long, but also I like that they made time pass a bit fast by going, yes, in every single universe... Spider-Man has to have these tragedies that happen across and it's always the same variation, slight variation on the origin story and all of the things that motivates the character, which, you know, if you did it seriously without their tongue-in-cheek way, you get really bored of it very quickly. But because this was a tongue-in-cheek way of doing it across every, like all the different Spider-Universes, it was funny, you know? Spider-Man needs therapy because, you know, uh, every time it's like, oh, I've suffered a tragedy with someone that I love. I've lost someone. And they're like, yes, yes, we've all done. Like, yes, yes, we're all there. We've done all this. Like, I want to know things like, hey, who did June Buggy Spider lose? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how does that work? I'm pretty sure it's Uncle Van. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of, um, yeah, it's just kind of funny. But I, th I think you actually hit the nail on the head earlier, Q, by going, they miscast Miguel O'Hara's Spider-Man 2099 as somewhat villain protagonist instead of the first one where you had very clear defined things of like here's the kingpin yeah and then there's almost the prowler and you know not too many spoilers in this the prowler coming back we're in the in spoiler section we're fine but then and having dr octopus and everything in there is, was great because it helped you latch onto some villains in this one it was the, the only recognizable villain was the vulture at the start and that was already gone and moved yeah. on so in this one, and I, I think it's it's a an interesting point to raise in that Spider Man has such an amazing villains gallery. Like of no all other comic book characters, no other comic book character has that many strong villains. And yes, they are all like scientists, but we can look past that. Um, Science is the real enemy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Please no. Um, I I think that even introducing 
the vulture at the start was a step backwards because we've had such an incredibly strong vulture in Homecoming and that movie is so close to being a perfect Spider-Man movie in and of itself that by setting yourself up to go, we're taking the vulture that you know from that movie and using it here and he's just kind of a setup for something else, it's kind of setting us up on a back foot to go, well, you're not as strong as what we already know the vulture to be. So, which, I mean... Given that different... he's a green fuzzy feathered thing in the comics and we've totally changed that to something actually beautiful in yeah. homecoming well beautiful Chef's in kiss. homecoming but in this one i'm like oh fuck the design work on it of of making it look like sketches by leonardo da vinci on on pieces of paper and okay yes it was very pretty but this isn't an artwork this is a but movie. it is that's that's is what the film is it is an artwork but and I didn't go to an art gallery. I went to a movie theater. I got to go to both. <laughs> I got to go to that fucking movie theater and go to an art gallery all at I once. I think I, I've been to many art galleries and I enjoy art. I'm very cultured. Um, but it's not very often that I spend two and a half hours staring in contemplation at a single piece of artwork. Well, you're just not living. <laughs> <laughs> Or you just haven't had the right drugs yet, Rebecca. Come on. Yeah. yeah. We'll get you there. So, I mean, talking sort of real, real spoilery stuff, um, like there is the, the big thing at the end is uh, I actually want to know, when did you guys pick the, the universe change? My partner picked it first. Yeah. What Almost. do you mean the universe change? Um, so, where he goes in and sees oh, his right. mum and so he's, he's like... Where he's in the wrong universe. Yeah. yeah. So he, he picked it almost as soon as she said, what have you done to your hair? Or like you've changed your hair or something uh, like that. Okay. What are we doing with our hair now? Which <laughs> is very early on. Um, but, yes, it's it was picked very quickly and as soon as that was kind of pointed out. I did it me. when they explained it in the plot. Because <laughs> so much was I going on. I got it on. in the exposition. By the <laughs> I got it when they told me to. <laughs> yes. By that time, no. I was just very tired and I just wanted to see how they were going to wrap all this up and then it didn't wrap up the way I wanted it. And I was like, God damn it. But okay, I had a nice time. No, I, I just, I enjoyed it. And maybe because I got to feel all fucking smart and superior and shit, I got it when they were putting him into the machine to send him back because they said, we're sending him back to the Universe 42. And I'm like... That's the wrong one. Oh yeah, that's not that, where he's from. That, yeah, that kind of that you know that was kind of a, a, a telegraph too because I was like Universe Forty Two. That's not where Miles Morales is from. That's where the spider's from. Yeah, oh, no. It's very nice that you got to feel smug and like you yes. notice something. And I yeah. feel like a lot of people will get that with this movie unless they're people like me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel and like then you feel like the movie was just behind. having a go at you. I feel little bit like that yeah like genuinely i feel a little bit like this movie was made for to say hey you think you know spider-man no you don't interesting yeah right i, I mean everybody's experience of it is going to be different i think you're just dirty um, that your your bro uh th was not in the film whereas every other oh. spider-man was i'm and sure he just wanted to be paid what he's worth um, and that's why he wasn't there. I imagine he'll be in the next one. I reckon. I reckon it's because they he probably they just didn't want him to spoil it 
anything. <laughs> and they were like, we just, just don't have him in there. We'll mention yeah, him. If you don't we'll have him in there, him. there's no way he can fuck it up in an interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it's going to go. Um, I did, uh, as in the chat, they said, I really, I liked the Donald Glover cameo. Um, oh, that was fucking, great. Yeah. I love the fact, because essentially the entirety of why Miles really exists is due to Donald Glover. Um uh, wearing a Spider-Man onesie, you know, in community, um, which is beautiful because then it kind of handed over to him showing up in the Tom Holland Spider-Man and playing the same character. And I love, and you know, is this the same universe? I don't know. Is you know, it's that's the kind of thing I really enjoy. But yeah. see, you you keep harking back to cameos and fun things that you caught, and that's. That's so fun. Like, I, I do not want to take that away from anyone, but that does not a solid movie make. No, but to me, it, it made a, a bunch of things to keep enjoying while I was in my art gallery. Oh, yeah. You're allowed to, you're allowed to love it, Quinny. Don't let us take anything I do. away from I do, you. I do, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, and you are both allowed to have the feelings that you have about it. There's no... There's no wrong answer here. That's the thing. Do, like, you know, do you know one thing that it really did successfully? It made me like hmm. Spider-Gwen more. Interesting. So I actually liked the character more after watching this. I was kind of like, yeah, she was really cool in the first one. And in this one, I was like, yeah, she really does have her own shit going on. And she's quite a very capable, cool spider person um, from a different way. And I was like, yeah, I'm down for like Spider-Gwen now as a character more than I was because I just didn't know. So that was a good thing. And I still thought, you know, this was the superior version of uh, Spider-Man 2099 of all Spider-Man 2099 because he's dark and gritty. And I respect that. You just wanted Batman. That's I mean, all you wanted. This Spider-Man 2099 has katanas on the wall and I respect that as a choice. Oh, my God, <laughs> no. I didn't even notice that and that what? makes me really unhappy. No, no, he didn't have katanas on the wall. I said as a thing, like the vibe that oh, he gave right. off. Oh, right. The guy what? has katanas Jesus. on the wall. You know, okay. I once kind of... stopped going on dates with a guy because he said he had katanas on his wall. You promise you wouldn't um... tell people, Beck, no. <laughs> swords on my wall but they're not I was going to say you've got fucking sports swords on your wall and I looked just, just off screen at the two, like, two katanas yeah I just like there. to say that all three well, of us we're not dating all, so no, it's fine I just like to say all three of us own fantasy swords so yeah. there is oh, no yeah, we're all giant yeah. fuck off nerds yeah absolutely <laughs> mine even cut Jill <laughs> it did <laughs> Jill was the one wielding it at the time. I yeah, feel it's, like it's important. Yeah, yeah it's important you to know the that it was there. She's like, oh, cool, cool sword. Pulls it out, stabs herself. Ow. And I was like, well, it's a sword. You did, <laughs> you did warn her. That's yeah, it's like, oh, that, that, that one's actually sharp. Ow. Oh, you've hurt yourself. Okay, great. You're bleeding. Okay. <laughs> You're bleeding. Great. I feel like this is an excellent movie for a certain type of nerd, and I'm just not that nerd. Oh. I'm sorry to hear that because I, I have know the you swords really love the and first not one. the katanas. <laughs> Did you not even like the the spider cat that that furballed webs at people? Come on, that must have given you. I barely noticed spider cat. Oh. Like, there's so much going on. There is so much being thrown at you in this movie where you're going. I I know that I I feel like I should be recognizing a lot yeah. more than I am actually recognizing in this movie that I miss the fun things because I'm too busy going, was that? Oh, wait, was that? Like, mm. I feel like I recognized 
And then the things that are actually right in front of me that I could enjoy where I'm not feeling the pressure to pick up on these little tidbits, um, they, they bypass me. And, and to be honest, there are, there are big sections of those big sweeping shots of the hundreds of spider people. I stopped trying. Like It's just where's Wally at yeah. that point. Yeah. It's where's like, Wally in a movie. He's right there and, in the back. That's Wally from yeah. Spider-Verse. <laughs> 1342 wally man before before yeah. we like go in here, know we've gone a bit over how do we all go with the cast do we think that they all hit their marks and did you believe them and you're down for them all yeah because a lot of people in there like doing all the voices what about oscar isaacs do you want to see him come back quinny as spider-man 2099 have I, a redemptive look, arc in the third film i i wouldn't be at all surprised if that's where they're taking it like um you know maybe, maybe he'll sacrifice himself and kill himself in order to let the others live and then you can quite honestly stand him up and be like he sacrificed everything so you may live he is the the savior and the redemption i absolutely recognized the voice of the spot and couldn't place it but in a really nice way it was a it was very nice voice casting i think yeah i, I like jason schwartzman he is he's good um I the the one that I thoroughly enjoyed, um, but also there are a few times I thought that's weird, like some weird choices being made was Daniel Kaluuya as as Hobie as a Spider Punk. Um, like I enjoyed him. I fucking love the character. I I really I didn't expect to. I really didn't think I was going to like that character. But I don't know. There's something about an anarchist who who actually says no fuck the man that i'm very much on board with these days um but there were some weird choices there yeah i liked i liked all of the spider spidery peoples um i liked the the tongue-in-cheek humor i just think it was very very long and went overall i feel like it was a perfectly cromulent movie i'm disappointed that it wasn't a complete movie in and of itself i will go and see the ending to this movie yes exactly Mm. The strange, annoying, uh, I won't use that metaphor, but I'm going to say, yes, earlier you, you did mention it, Becky, the edging that this film gave was just <laughs> just annoying. I mean, if you like that sort of thing, Quinny, you can like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did. But I, I prefer to get to a payoff, especially if I've just spent two and a half hours on it. Yeah. This was yeah. I Can't Get No Satisfaction. <laughs> Whereas for me it was just tantric. It's just it's just for you, it baby. was about the journey. Yeah, absolutely. The ending did not matter to you. You know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm not going there. Maybe it's just the end there, and then you're just like, okay, and we'll see you in two years. What? Yeah, it's, it's like going to be one gonna, year. It's it yeah. is 2024. It's been announced. Well, it's okay. all good. Yeah, but still, it's going to be one year. Good luck. Just hold that thought. Right? But mm. but I want it now. Like, can we? Yeah. Can we finish this? I now? want okay. it. I want it now. <laughs> I want the world. <laughs> Please, sir, yeah, can I, mean, I have it now? <laughs> I'll still, I'll still respect the the quality of the art that you're going. So I'm on the Quinny fence when I'm like, this is a wonderful art project that has been created by some amazing artists and people mushing everything together. And I think because they said too much, yes, and and not enough, mm. maybe not. Um, but yeah. this is why our wonderful comic book writers are so important. Because yeah, the artists do it, amazing things by themselves. They are, I buy many pieces of artwork from artists. Yes. However, when I read a comic book, 
I want to know that there was a writer behind it as well. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, I, I shout out to Rob for somehow Miguel O'Hara had returned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, full respect. Full respect to that. Uh, thank um, you, thank yes. you so much for telling us your thoughts. Quiddy, you'll eventually come around. And Beck, you need to lighten up. Come on, man. Like, you know, just get on to it. <laughs> I'm actually a very fun person. I just feel like this podcast never sees that. I enjoy things. <laughs> what well, What was the last thing that you've enjoyed a great deal? Because um, we've we've watched a few movies. You mean movies or television like or just thing in general? No, like, I mean, just... there's probably a cronut last week that was like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I recently went on a zero sugar diet for three weeks, and basically anything with no. sugar in it since then has been wonderful. Um, <laughs> No, I have been thoroughly enjoying The Great. Um, it's been absolutely wonderful. Uh, I am a massive sucker for pseudo-historical drama. Though. And so, pseudo-ephedrine? And pseudo-ephedrine. <laughs> um, I stand by the fact that, um, and it's not an opinion, it's a fact, that <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming is a near-perfect movie and definitely yeah. a near-perfect Spider-Man film. So, see, I don't hate everything, and it's not just because no. Tom Holland is in it, which is what my partner alleged earlier. Yeah. It's a genuinely excellent film, and I feel like I am holding all other spider films to that beacon, and this one does not deserve to stand in its shadow. <laughs> in terms of storyline, art is gorgeous. Um. All right. So what do we? I have just I just before the show I updated the schedule uh, on oh, on a book well farce. Uh, so yeah, I meant to do that the, the day, but yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about it too. That's on me. I, you know, sorry, my bad. Um, and next week, what are we doing, Quinny? Oh, I well, I mean, we we've got we, it's a busy fucking month. It is. It's we're a doing real a lot busy of month. we're doing a lot of cinema this week. You've had you've had it too yeah. good with long, long uh, film like sorry uh, TV shows that require us to commit hours and hours and hours watching all yeah. of them. Um, this one's just a bunch of films. It is. So uh, later this week we are going to go and watch uh, the the newest entry into the Transformers franchise, which I'm excited for, but also given the quality of the previous Transformers films, abjectly terrified. We're going to um, go see the bestiality bots. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> we're going and watching Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on, but also yeah. Uh, yeah, aware yeah. of everything that has gone before. Um, Apart from Bumblebee, which I liked. And then next week um but we will not be reviewing uh mm. rise of the beasts the week following no we won't uh, be doing it till after so basically uh there are press screenings and preview screenings for that from the 8th but it doesn't officially release until the 22nd so we're going just ahead of its official release then we're going to go and watch a film that has many people a bit uncomfy <laughs> we'll the see Flash. yes we're going to go see The Flush. Um, yeah. We're going to go see so, Michael Keaton's Batman movie. Exactly. That <laughs> happens to have some other guy in it. We're going to go see Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck's Batman movie with some other characters and the female Superman, Superwoman, 
super soups. Super woman. Female soups. Um, yes. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing that. And then later in the month, we're going to be cracking a whip and yeah. checking out Indiana Jones. So just, uh, just a reminder, uh, after this, <laughs> after this Tuesday night, uh, the next two will be Wednesday's nights, um, due to scheduling uh, issues. Um, yes. and then, uh, back to a Tuesday for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny or Indiana Jones Stupid in the movie name. that we're just not sure about yet because we were so oh. burned by Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I want to say I went back and what didn't it's watch. Still shit. I tried to watch again and I was like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> Beck, have you ever gone back to Crystal Skull? Have you ever gone? I've back- never watched it and I never intend to. Oh, well done. Um- yeah. <laughs> oh, well done. Good life choices. Good life choices. I must say there's a quiche waiting for me, though, so right. I will be revisiting <laughs> that. <laughs> well, revisiting expect your rating of that to be like uh, 75 middling, you know. <laughs> oh, no. My own Spider-Man made it for me, so it will be, oh, it'll be very good. It'll be one. It'll be, yes. yes. One giant thumb way up. Oh, dear. <laughs> way up. Anyway. All the way up there, Morty. Don't make it weird. <laughs> you made it weird. You made, you it, made weird. it weird. We um, all made you know. it weird. Thanks, thanks everyone. <laughs> thanks, everyone in the chat um, uh, for coming along and joining us. Don't forget, yeah, next week it's Wednesday to yes. talk about Wednesday. the flourish. And then you've all got time to watch the BattleBots attack of the clones rejig 59.59. Yes, all of that. But anyway, oh, uh, and just before we do go, I do want to shout out to another podcast that I did recently, which I would love for people to check out and have a listen to because it is a lot of fun. It's called That Movie You Like, The Sequel. Um, so a couple of, it's the, the idea being that, hey, there's a whole bunch of movies out there that probably should get great sequels that didn't. They got shit sequels. So we go back and try and work out what would have been a far better sequel if we could have got one. So uh, they pitch. Um, so this is Brendan and Nick, who are both from Lonnie, uh, Tasmania, and they pitch different ideas for sequels. And they brought me in to help them pitch a Transformers film. Like, what's the sequel that Transformers should have gotten? Um, and I, I, I'm only giving it a plug because I actually like the stories that they came up with and I like the my idea for a reboot of the Transformers franchise. So go and seek it out wherever you get podcasts. It is thoroughly entertaining. I want to see an Austin Powers Transformers mashup. <laughs> really? Groovy, baby. Let's let Beck go and have her quiche. Shall we go and raid Jordan Raskopoulos? Yes, let's go raid Jordan. I think she was going to, um, she went to a, a Diablo premiere dressed she as. She did, a- where my wonderful friend Soylent Cosplay was um, dressed up as the wonderful queen there. Oh, amazing, because, yes, please come on, devil mummy, um, treat me that way. That's all I'm, I'm I'll tell her you said so. Yes. I'm talking about the game. I'm talking about the fictional that. game character, not not the person who is a person. You know? But isn't that the thing these days? It's just like devilish. Like just giant. set up the raid. Oh, yeah, it's, it's ready to go. <laughs> I don't control this. I don't know what to do with my hands. Thanks, everyone. You're raiding. Goodbye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast. If you have questions, please email info at theperiodictableofawesome.com. Find us on our website, www.theperiodictableofawesome.com, where there's links to our iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, stay awesome.